Hi, this is Bill Woods, that old retired preacher up in Sun Valley, Arizona. Somebody asked, you know, if you're retired, why do you keep preaching? Well, because the fact I've got a call from God to do that. Preachers do get old. I heard about an old preacher in his 80s who said, and you've heard it before, if I had known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. You know, when folks start coming up to you and saying, my, you haven't changed a bit, what they really mean is, I'm surprised you're not dead yet. I had Vance, I heard Vance Havner speak uh, one time. He was 83 years old. He got up and said, I'm glad to be here. When you get my age, you're glad to be anywhere. And then I heard about another one. Some preachers grow old gracefully. Some change their hairstyles. I heard about one preacher growing a little bit older, so he decided to start parting his hair from ear to ear and combing it forward and backward. Someone asked him, how do you like your new hairstyle? He said, oh, I like it pretty good, but folks keep coming up and whispering in my nose. You know, I, I just feel a little bit like maybe I'm old today, but I want to talk to you about uh, something that I think is kind of important. I'm entitled this, Courtesy Calls. Second Corinthians chapter 2, 11 says, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. I've been getting plenty of those pushy telephone solicitor calls, people who don't want to take no for an answer. In fact, uh, one just called me just a little while while I was working on this sermon. And he said, is this William Woods? I said, yes, this is William Woods. And he said, you know, I'd like to give you some, some answer. I said, I'm really not interested. But that didn't seem to bother him that I wasn't interested. He just kept trying to talk. He said, Mr. Woods, this is a courtesy call on behalf of, and he said who it was, blah, blah, blah. And it might have been a credit card company, you know, offering me a, a better rate on my credit cards. Or it might have been, you know, a Medicare supplement or a free vacation. Anyhow, it boiled down to, we'd like to tell you about a limited time offer. You know, sometimes when they're extra persistent, I tell them, I'm going to hang up now, but you can keep talking to my phone line if you like to. Or maybe I, I say something like this, I'm busy, I'm really not interested in what you're offering me, but my dog's right here, and he may be interested in what you're t selling. Let me put him on the line. You know, hopefully... They, you'll hear this click that they've hung up and the receiver will go back to its regular position. You see, I'm not trying to be rude to these people, but I'm not about to listen to these people's offers. Why? Because I've heard one thing about, or because I've learned one thing about telemarketers. If you don't hang up on them quickly, you're going to buy something you don't really need and you probably don't even want. Telemarketers are clever. They try to convince you that they're really doing you a favor, thus the courtesy call. Uh, they want you to believe what they're about to share is really in your best interest, and they're trying to be a help to you. Yeah, they want to help you right into making a decision that you don't really want to make. I've got to, uh, to credit telemarketers, though, with one thing, uh, when you quickly hang up on them, they usually don't call back right away. Maybe not until tomorrow or the next day. That guy that called me didn't call back, and he might call again sometime, but uh, right now he's leaving me alone. 
When we lived in Seattle, I had a couple of unique experiences. I'm talking not only about telemarketers, but I'm talking about smooth sales, salesmen trying to get you to buy something that maybe you don't want to buy right then. We needed a car because the one we had was nickeling and diming us something terrible. Everything that could go wrong was going wrong on that car. And so I decided to go look for a new car. I went to one car dealership and the dealer and the salesman said, let me take the keys to your car so that our appraiser can see what we can offer you for your trade-in. I handed him the keys and, and uh, when I decided it was time to go, he didn't have anything that really interested me. He would not give the keys back. He said, you know, you haven't bought a new car yet. I literally had to steal my car keys back when I saw them laying in his cubicle on his desk. I went to another dealership and I, I told the salesman uh, I would like to get a car and he showed me several. And I liked one of the cars in particular and uh, I told him I would have to pray about my decision whether to buy it or not. The car dealer said, well, I'll help you pray about it. I asked, are you talking about pray P-R-A-Y or pray P-R-E-Y? Seemed to offend him a little bit. I, I especially love the presentations of the salesman when you go to talk about timeshares and Marty and I used to go there to timeshares just just because we had an afternoon off or something and it was just something to do and uh, we enjoyed it a little bit. The last one Marty and I suckered into was trying to sell us vacations and I told the lady salesman that we didn't take many vacations and we were really just kind of curious about what they had to offer. She asked me if we were there just to receive the gift they were giving out for listening to their spew or were we potential customers? Well, I admitted that really we wanted something to do that afternoon and, and we really weren't that interested in buying a vacation or, or something. She said, please follow me. We had no idea where she was taking us. She led us to a door, opened it. We stepped through to find ourselves in the alley. She slammed the door shut and we had to walk clear around the long, hard building to find our car. And I didn't even get one of those donuts that they were serving. You know, Satan is a master salesman and telemarketer. His skills are razor sharp. His technique is flawless. He's precise and well rehearsed. He knows exactly what it is that would entice you. And he knows his stuff about how to get you to think about it. And wow, is he a smooth talker. He'll say something like, Brother Christian, this is a courtesy call on half of SSI. That means Satan's Systems International. But he doesn't tell you what it stands for. He says, we'd like to inform you about a limited time offer. If you act fast, you can avoid giving your tithe and putting it someplace where you can buy something you really want. Or we've got a really great deal on unforgiveness and ill will. Somebody hurt you, made you mad. You don't have to forgive them. You can just hold a grudge. You can develop a lifelong grudge in just seconds. It's so easy. Or, oh, let me tell you about the spatial of the day. Little white lies. Why, you can get a whole case of them for all kinds of occasions. What about these handy little devices? Excuses. Why, we've got plenty of them for you to choose from. There's one to keep you from reading your Bible each day. Here's one to help you avoid prayer time. This one will allow you to sleep in on Sunday mornings. 
There's one for, and he goes on and on. You see what I'm saying? Satan's a master salesman, a master telemarketer. He's smooth and silky. Let him keep talking, and, and you're asking for trouble. If you don't hang up on him quickly, you might just buy something you don't really want or need. That's There is good news, though. There's an easy way to get him to shut up, at least for a little while. The Bible says in James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will flee from you. In other words, hang up. Oh, he most definitely will call again, but at least for now he'll leave you alone. Make no mistake about it, uh, Christian. Sometime this week that spiritual telephone is going to ring and Satan will call you and you can count on it. And when he does, tell him you're not interested and hang up the phone. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able, but will with a temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Pay attention to this warning. The strength of a temptation lies in how long you play with the thoughts of yielding to it. The longer you play with the temptation, the stronger it gets and the more apt you are to yield to it. As a small boy, my grandma used to read to me every evening. One of the selections she read to me was Laura Wilder's Little House, uh, Little House series, which I enjoyed so thoroughly. One incident from the books that I remember was when Laura and Mary's folks, Ma, Pa and Ma, as she called them, had to go to town for supplies. Pa had just harvested the hay for the animals for the winter and piled the hay into a haystack. He specifically told the girls not to jump on the haystack while they were gone because they would knock down the, and scatter the hay. It looked like it would be so much fun that Laura decided that just one jump wouldn't hurt and, uh, you know, the haystack would survive that. Well, that was so much fun. She thought, well, another jump will be fun, too. And so she jumped and Mary came and jumped. And when Pa got home, the stack was scattered all over and Laura and Mary were in trouble. <clears throat> the problem came when the girls didn't walk away from the haystack, but stayed there thinking about how much fun jumping in that hay would be. Satan knows if he can get you thinking about a temptation long enough that he can defeat you and cause you to yield. Remember, the power of the temptation is in how long you will think about it and play with it. The way to defeat Satan's enticement is to get away and quit thinking about it. There are radio towers all over our country. Each is putting out a signal on a certain frequency. And if you don't like the program they're offering you right then, switch the station. Find something more suitable to your taste. Find a different frequency. When Satan is bombarding with temptation, you can switch the station. Mark Twain said, you can't stop birds from flying over your head, but you don't need to let them nest in your hair. So how do I change this station when the devil is tempting me? Well, I find out, you know, memorizing scripture kind of helps. If you repeat back to him scripture, he doesn't like to hear that. Psalm 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Or learn hymns and choruses to remind yourself of how good God is to you. By the way, 
Satan doesn't enjoy your, you singing them to him either. Or testify to Satan. Tell him what Jesus Christ has done for you, how he has blessed your life, how he's given you eternal life, forgiveness of sin. Ask Satan, what have you done for me, old boy? Uh, you know, he, he just uh, doesn't like to hear about those kind of things. You know, when he knocks at the door, send Christ to answer. You don't have to fall. You don't have to give him a foothold. The comedian Flip Wilson used to get a laugh every time he said, Oh, the devil made me do it. Listen, as funny as that line seemed to be, it was totally inaccurate. The devil can't make you do anything. He can present the temptation, but you are the one to make the decision. James 4, 7 and 8 says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. There is something I need to clarify. Some people think that if they're tempted, there's something wrong with their Christian life, that maybe they have a sin. Temptation is not a sin. Temptation is when the devil says, will you? The sin comes when you say, I will. Every Christian faces temptation, but every one of us has the ability to say no and honor Jesus Christ. Remember 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation is taken has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful, will not allow you to be tempted above or beyond what you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Put God first in your life, and he'll show you the way to be victorious. Remember, when Satan solicits you, it is not a courteous call. He's trying to destroy you. You don't have to be courteous to Satan. What he's trying to do is sell you something that is going to destroy you if you buy into it. Keep in mind that the pleasures of sin are only temporary. The guilt the uh, and consequences of sin are long-lasting and far outweigh the pleasures that sin brought for you. If sin persists, it'll lead you to an eternity in hell, and you don't want that. There is a courtesy call, though, that comes that you ought to take. It's when God calls you to be one of his own. The best courtesy call you'll ever get comes from Jesus Christ. There are no hidden clauses, no small print that you'll regret later, nothing hidden. He is just offering you straightforward the opportunity to find forgiveness from sin and guilt. He wants to make you part of his family, to make you a joint heir with him, and he wants to provide for you eternal life in his home in heaven. John 14, 1 through 3 says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am there you may be also. The benefits and joy of obeying God last forever. Remember, God's ways are best ways. And if you don't know him today, this would be a wonderful time to pick up that courteous call that God has given you to become one of his children, confess your sins to him, accept him as a personal savior, and live for him the way that he wants you to and the way that will bring joy and satisfaction for all eternity. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Jesus, 
I pray today for those who are listening to me. I would ask God that you will speak to their hearts, that you will help them to realize what I've said is true, that your ways are best ways. And when Satan comes around to tempt them, help them to realize they don't have to yield. They can uh, resist the devil. They can make him flee from them, and they can be victorious in their Christian walk. Lord, I pray that you'll bless each one that's listening today and that you'll help us each one to make ourselves ready and to be part of your kingdom, to accept you and your plan for our lives, and to know that we can have eternity in heaven with you. Praise God. Hallelujah. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you want to get in touch with me, my email address is lowercase r-e-v-w-m-w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com. Or if you would like to write to me, my mailing address is Box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, uh, 86029. God bless you. I hope that uh, you're getting things right with God and that he is blessing you in a very special way today. We'll try to talk to you next week. Thank you.